What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Blockhash, exploring the blockchain, a Blockhash exclusive live from Cosmoverse. We have another awesome interview today with the CEO from Agoric, Dean Tribble. Dean, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. This is just a great conference. So thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure to talk with you. Um, have you here today. A lot of want to kind of chat with you about in regards to Agoric. Before we do that, uh, give the audience a bit of an idea into who you are and what your background is. What, what have you done in this space and prior to it? Yeah, so so I've been doing large scale distributed system stuff since the eighties. Okay. Um, you know, it's this tall, this tall, but you know. Um, and so I worked on the first production smart contract back in nineteen eighty nine. Um, this was you know before Vitalik was born, but before blockchain. And it's really about you know software enforcing the terms of an agreement between third parties, which really enables those third parties to cooperate in ways they couldn't do before. And that vision has driven me and other others of the founders in Agoric for a long time. So we've done lots of projects inspired by that where, you know, I mean, that kind of business is Airbnb, Uber, Lyft, you know, eBay, et cetera, where software is enabling, you know, millions of people to cooperate. And we want more of that. And then when blockchain comes along and makes it so that that's reliable and you can get rid of the trusted intermediary in the middle, now suddenly it opens it up to even more decentralized cooperation. And that's sort of what we're all about. So I've been in, uh, I and the team have been building interesting large-scale distributed system stuff for decades and building up technology and approach for how to do that securely and safely. And, you know, how to do smart contracts in a way that that mainstream developers can 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 approach it. And so we we, we came into blockchain to build that and make, block, make smart contracts available to you know, the vast majority, the millions of developers out there rather than just a few thousand. So. Excellent. Yeah. You've been doing this since like the eighties and nineties. Oh my God, it's a long time. Uh, if you don't mind sharing what's some of the things you like worked on way back in the day, cause clearly you're like an OG. <laughs> well, so I was one of the cypherpunks. So I worked on, you know, mixed networks with Eric Hughes and PGP with Hal Finney and, and these kinds of things. Um, for doing large scale distributed systems, my co-founder and I, Mark Miller, um, came up with asynchronous promises, which are what, you know, millions of developers out there use for asynchronous programming now as promises in JavaScript in C-sharp, in, in Rust, et cetera. And those all descend from that, that pre-internet distributed systems work, right? For, for how to do asynchronous programming and high bandwidth uh, messaging and that sort of thing. So those are a couple of examples. But my previous gig to this was a multi-billion dollar payment instrument in normal fintech for converting paper checks into being electronic. So we've got, you know, I'm used to mainstream applications and I'm really excited about enabling all those developers as well as, you know, current crypto developers to be able to build stuff. Got it. So how did you kind of get into what you're doing now with Agoric? Was there something that led up to that or an inspiration? I'm sure there was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So 2017, the inspiration was people losing a lot of money. Um, you know, so Zuko of Zcash, um, we'd worked with him in various things, you know, and, and he knew about some of the earlier smart contract work that we'd done. Um, and so he was one of the inspirations to bring together a panel of the people in the crypto space, like Arthur Brightman was there, Zuka was there, and so forth. Then Brian Warner, who had been on the security review committee for, for at least authority for Ethereum, and pointed out like reentrancy was going to be a problem here. And there was a panel that included Mark Miller, my, my co-founder, about could this security approach that you know Mark, Dean, Norm Hardy, a few others have been 
pursuing and using coming out of secure operating system architecture for mainstream applications, could it solve these problems in smart contracts? And since a lot of it was designed exactly to enable smart contracts, the answer came out unsurprisingly yes, but, but it was not something that we were sort of doing. We were building mainstream applications. Um, and so, so that kind of got the, oh, there is a need here and there's an opportunity here, but there's also an appetite, right? There's, there's people who really want to have that problem solved. They really are happy to innovate, and they're really happy to use a new model if what it means is I can build things more quickly and more safely. And so that got me inspired again. <laughs> gotcha. So what are you trying to build more quickly and more safely? I know you guys are focused on DeFi. Um, so tell me a bit more about Agoric. Well, so um, my I, so I, I gave a presentation here earlier, and you know, going back to this, where, where did this start? I showed as the you know what happened that was really important for Cosmos and IBC Interblocking Communication Protocol in 2013. You know, and and no, it was not Ethan growing his beard or whatever it was. It was Mark Miller, my co-founder, and and uh, Bill Tulla, our economist co-founder, um, released a paper about how to do distributed smart contracts in JavaScript. Now this is pre-Ethereum, right? This is, this is 2013. Right? And that both defined what did we need in JavaScript in order to be able to safely do that, and you know, from a standards point of view, and, um, and it defined this idea of, of independent machines with different interests all loosely coupled communicating with secure asynchronous messaging to accomplish large-scale distributed commerce. And that directly inspired Zucky and Jay and Ethan in the vision of the Cosmoverse connected with IBC. Um, and so we're, we're sort of, you know, we have now captured that vision where we're building a blockchain such that you can write smart contracts in a hardened version of JavaScript, so it's familiar to not the thousands of developers that can program Solidity, but literally the 17 million developers out there that build all the rest of the software in the world. And we want to enable them to be able to do this stuff. And so we're now, uh, you know, we now got a release that is in the launch pipeline, getting final security testing and review to finally get, you know, sort of the first version of this JavaScript smart contracts out there. Gotcha. So what, what, is this release uh, out now? Is it coming? Um, well, what's the timeline look like for that? Or do you want to reveal it? Oh, no. So, so the timeline for that, that's why I said it's in the release pipeline. Um, you know, there always could be showstoppers. That's, you know, you must, you know, if, if, if security says there's an issue, you stop and you make sure you figure it out, right? We're, we're very much a, a, a security-focused bunch. But, you know, so, so it's in the pipeline where, where we should be able to go live uh, late October. So, you know, a month from now, basically, a little less than a month from now. Um, and so we're, and we're very excited about that. And it's not just, you know, so it's, it is the first version of getting not just the JavaScript, the language, but the libraries, the framework we have for building smart contracts, right? You know, the, the, in browsers, there was JavaScript where people, experts could build kind of cool stuff. And then frameworks, you know, nice OO component frameworks like React.js and Vue.js, which much of the audience out there, I mean, literally millions of developers use those every day. In fact, I just got a, 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 a message from Chris Kowal who does a JavaScript promise library called Q and React just crossed his, um, uh, 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 his library where it's now, you know, something like, you know, 12 million downloads a week, right? You know, of di into different projects as people are building this stuff, right? Um, so, and, and so it's not just the library, but the framework where when those user interface frameworks rolled out, you know, suddenly 
you know, new developers, junior developers, or mostly developers that had a use case, but they, they were primarily about that use case. I'm an artist, I can do some programming, I grab a slideshow component, I grab a credit card component, I put them together into an application that now lets me sell art, even though I could not have written the slideshow or the credit card integration, right? That ability to build on the shoulders of other developers is what these component models take or, or, or have brought to the table. And that enabled, you know, six months after release, amateurs could do a better job than experts could the year before of making responsive, you know, adapt to my phone screen, internationalizable, you know, animated applications simply because they could grab components that other people had built. And so what we're doing is the same kind of thing, but only for smart contract businesses. So, so exchanges, offers, um, pricing, uh, uh, governance components, Legos for NFTs, where I can take these, plug them together a slightly differently from the next guy in order to do my special business that uses NFT trading to power my music fan site or my sports engagement or whatever it is. And so that kind of component model is why JavaScript has taken over much of the user interface in the world, and it's the same reason, uh, the same mechanism needed for the, the, the world's developers to be able to build smart contract businesses and move into Web3. What are some of the use cases for Java-based uh, smart contracts that you guys are seeing pop up maybe the most, you know, opening it up, being more inclusive to these uh, developers, amateur developers, you know, that know that but don't maybe know Solidity or other yeah. programming languages. What are some of the things you see pop up the most? Sure. So first I'll do one minor correction. Because there is both Java and JavaScript, Java is very enterprise focused, you know, it's like C Sharp or Rust or what have you, um, you know, so system programming kinds of things. And JavaScript is a scripting language. So, so it is, I make that, I, I say that occasionally, but I always want to correct it because, you know, the millions of developers, you know, sometimes they're very, they're, they, you know, it, it, it's, it's a really important difference to all of us. Okay. Um, so, um, so the first use case is the one that we are rolling out with the platform. So, so it's not, you know, and making available for the community to launch. So it is, here's JavaScript, here's the ability to do this framework with, with you know, lots of elements that, that let you do abstract transactions and businesses in, in, in JavaScript. And then on top of that, we have the first release of the Inter Protocol. Inter Protocol is, was something that was always part of the Agoric vision you know, for, for the last couple of years to provide, because the goal of the platform is enabling developers to rapidly produce and deploy their new Web3 business. You know, build fast, earn fast. But to get that, you know, people doing business, they're used to deploying in an environment where you've got the ability to price things and compare one application or another. You have the ability to pay rent in a currency that has the same value tomorrow as it did yesterday. And so key, key to the integration of the platform is having a stable token that's intrinsic to it, that's built into the overall architecture, that's part of the, the, the reward stream for validators to run this thing and so forth. And so the first use case is interstable to, inter protocol that has IST, the interstable token. And that is a dollar parity stable token f that you pay gas fees on the platform, that you can price things in, that you can that, that you pay for resources on the platform, you can trade in and so forth. But 
we were already doing that as part of rolling out, uh, building the platform. And then, you know, finally IBC launched and suddenly people are in the interchain are, you know, need a stable token, not just a stable token. I mean, it's, this is not just about UST going away, but they always needed a stable token that could be backed by the assets of the Cosmos ecosystem, that could be backed by Atom or Osmo or Juno or whatever it is that could unlock the, the $10 billion plus asset value of the ecosystem to enable DeFi in, the, you know, in terms of them or to enable buying NFTs or rolling out new businesses or you know, all of those things that you want to be able to do um, in an economy, but you need a stable token to grease the wheels of the economy. And so that's the first use case. Okay, so that's the one that, that we did a lot of the building, other people did, but it's now launched and outside of Agoric, there's an econ committee to administer it and all that sort of thing. We also have, and we announced uh, um, in, in, in my presentation, so there are five projects that are, that are, are you know, committed to, to shipping on the Agoric um, open uh, uh, platform for deploying once that's available. Initial our initial launch is locked down to just IST to get this seed and into market, but they're prepared to launch into the second phase. So there is um, a liquid staking framework. There's a lot of excitement about liquid staking. What's unique about this liquid staking framework is that it looks at the geodiversity of your validators. The art, you know, the gold standard of of of, of um, blockchains is lots of machines in different jurisdictions under different control in different geo regions, different data centers, etc. This decentralization. Well, they look at that. They analyze what's your not just your location and jurisdiction, but what data center are you in? Is there, is there too much centralization in, in particular data centers, and they automatically rebalance staking to best provide decentralization for your blockchain. And this is all done in our framework in JavaScript smart contracts, and it'll be able to use interchain accounts where they could do the same service, not just for Agoric, which is their initial launch, but also using Agoric contracts, you know, written in JavaScript out over to other chains to help those other chains be safer. So that's really cool. Um, there's, there's a couple that are uh, NFT related. So Crya built a, where it's not just simple NFTs, but it's what I refer to as hierarchical NFTs. I've got a character generator. They've got this beautiful application for b designing and building characters for games where instead of it being just random, here's what you get, it's I can buy equipment, which is also an NFT, and attach it. So now I've got an NFT that is more valuable because I acquired a unique item and, and, and combined it in. And I can then take that off and sell it or trade it to someone for else. So you've got these multiple layers of NFT that allow you to, to trade. And that's a richer notion of property that was done by just at, you know reusing a couple of the DeFi Legos that we had already built or the NFT Legos that we had already built and then adding their one extra wrinkle and now you've got additional functionality that everyone in the ecosystem could then use for the next generation. We've, got, we've already got these people building on each other's work. We have um, a lending platform done by BytePitch. They, um, uh, they took our like liquidation NFT for the uh, IST framework, or not liquidation, liquidation contract for the IST framework and plugged it in for their liquidation um, and then produced some additional DeFi components that other people will be able to, to, to use to launch their own lending platform and specialize it for their purposes. And then they're on to do a unique application where they can lend out NFTs, right? We've got a bunch of these components to be able to do all kinds of NFTs for people, being able to have a market where I can lend it to someone so you can get into that gaming convention because I'm not going, or you can get into that concert or that sports event, or, or you know, I'm not interested in that jersey here. You can participate in the raffle. I'll, I'll lend it to you to, to, to participate in that. So that kind of thing 
only, you know, it, you know is, is going on. All right. There are a few others. People should, should watch the talk or look at our blog post. But the key here is this was starting from some components that we built or starting from some components that people built out of a bounty. And they've both taken those and built on them to do other stuff, but they've also made, contributed that back to the community and started growing businesses. And so it's, it is exactly that kind of dynamic that you see that launched NPM for JavaScript, that launched you know, React and Vue and all these other things where you got an ecosystem of people you know, you know, building on each other's components. So that's really, really, you know, that kind of framework is the power. It's not just the language, which is important, but it's the framework that really gets people going. So, so there's some of them. <laughs> Wow, you guys are doing a lot. Um, hierarchical NFTs. I've never heard that term before. That's really cool. Just to touch on it one more time. So it's like an NFT with like additives um, or their assets maybe that you can attach to it so that it like elevates it maybe like in price or status. Yeah, exactly. And they, they, they have, you know, it's a full user interface where you click and go, I want to go buy a mask for my character. And you can see which ones are available. You can use IST because, you know, that's the, it's just 30, 30 IST, $30, right? You can use IST, buy this. Now you've got it in your inventory and you might have multiple of those that you're going to wear for different events. And you can then equip it on your character. And now your character has this additional cachet if you were to go sell it. And the whole mechanisms, the, 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 the uh, DeFi Legos for doing auctions or sale or exchange or escrow, those are all ones that they reuse. So they have the ability to plug in an auction. And now I'm going to auction off my character that has this new WYSI feature. When someone's bidding, they don't, they say, they don't just say, I want to bid for your character. It's, I want to bid for your character as long as it has that mask equipped, right? Or I want to bid for any character that has this particular mask. That's what I'm looking for. Or I can take the, oh, you just want the mask? Right, here, I'll take it off and sell it to you for this price, right? You know, and I, I you know, so, so all those mechanics are possible, but it's exactly that kind of, that kind of hierarchical NFT. And they actually drove something more than that because a lot of what the library's about, and this paper I mentioned from 2013, was about electronic rights, electronic property rights. So it's a lot of it is about JavaScript libraries that let you do rich property rights. And so hierarchical property where I own the building, but I sold out condos underneath. You know, well, that applies to not just gaming things, but everything else. The same components that are reusable across those different marketplaces, right? If someone builds this cool stuff for a sports site, I can use it in music, I can use it in real estate, I could use it in DeFi, right? And so several of the DeFi Legos that we're building for, you know, vaults or banking or, you know, or, or that people are building for their own stuff, again, are reusable across businesses. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, hierarchical NFTs is a new kind of property, as is revocable NFTs, where I'm renting you something, you use it, but now I can revoke it, now I get it back, you know, so revocable property that applies to NFTs or, or, or non-fungible tokens. Um, the other thing that I was going to mention is we, it was an easy extension, given this property model, to what we call semi-fungible tokens, SFTs. And all of our abstractions work just fine. Here's a payment. It might have, you know, $30 and an NFT in it, right? Or, you know, I mean, I can, I, I can give you $30 and just as easily 30 IST, just as easily as I can give you an, uh, uh, an NFT. But... For gaming, okay. Uh, for gaming, um, often it's not unique items. You know, there's there's a thousand of these things, but there's not a thousand and one, right? There's there's a lot more unique items 
you know, whether it's paintings or, 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 or what, where there are multiple copies, but it's bounded number, right? So semi-fungible tokens turn out to, you know, we added that in and all of the existing components just work just fine for it, right? And so that meant that not only can you now have this hierarchical NFT with a character that has a mask, but that mask, instead of it being just an NFT, so there can only be one and I have to make each individual one, it's like, no, no, there's a thousand of those that are just like each other, but in a game with, you know, with, 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 with half a million characters in it, a thousand is really valuable, you know? And, and so you need to be able to do all those kinds of property and that's what but, you know, again, this ability to have these DeFi components growing and reusable really will power. Man, you guys got so many things we want. Semi-NFTs, revocable NFTs, hierarchical NFTs, not just kind of scratching the surface of what you just mentioned. Um, no, that's awesome, man. Um, so what are, you, what are you primarily doing at Cosmoverse? Is it to just uh, promote the ecosystem? Are you promoting something specific with Agor? Are you looking for devs and users, potential partnerships? What's, what's the main purpose? So our first release is about IST, the interstable token. So, so that is, you know, we're, we've got JavaScript, we've got developers that we're building, we have these bounty programs, but the primary thing here is we're, we're heading towards launch with IST. And so it's, it's um, uh, you know, so, so it's getting zones in the interchain that want to be able to use the stable token integrated in their system, you know, pools on Osmosis, you know, use in Juno, um, you know, say networks, you know, Crescent, all of these folks, they need a stable token. They want a stable token. They're happy with more than one. That enables yield farms. We're happy with, with more than one. And so it's one of those things where getting the ball rolling on IST for, for, for adoption is the key thing, right? You know, this is, this is one of those things where key features of it that make a difference for, for the ecosystem is because of the extensibility of our platform, um, you know, the last word has not been said in how you should do a stable token. We're able to enhance that over time with, you know, responsible governance to make sure that it, it remains solid and solvent and focused on the value to the interchain as a whole of this IST. Um, and, and, but we can, we can extend it safely using this component model over time. And so that, you know, that means that we can start out with our initial launch where it's this very narrow, very specific thing to get into market where it's backed by, you know, USDC, DAI, US, USDT, existing stables that have a strong parity with the dollar and a strong, you know, robust market and mechanism underneath that we can, that we can rely on it. And so what it brings in this initial release is, you know, if you look at some of these platforms, like, like you know, you can see trading desks where I say, I want USDC, and then there's 20 different sources of USDC. No one wants that when they're trying to get work done, right? A trader might want to do that, just like Forex traders want to see a gazillion things that they're trading again. But if I'm trying to buy an NFT or, 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 or um, get a yield fund or something like that, I don't want that. I want that consolidated. IST in its current incarnation that we're shipping will be able to consolidate that. So you can have minting limits for, you know, USDC over Axelar, USDC over Gravity, you know, USDT from OKX, USDT from Injective, you know, whatever those sources are, they can start to step up and go, this is one of the ones that people are going to bring these external currencies into the ecosystem. But all these different routes that you get them are all different and they all got different risks. We, know what, we want to combine those, absorb those, and make it much simpler to be able to do interchain commerce with a price, right? I mean, obviously you can trade atoms for Osmo and things like that, but being able to have stuff that's all priced, near, you know, with, with, with something that people use as a good reference, like a dollar, you know, IST provides a mechanism for that. And then we'll be rolling out MakerDAO style um, CDPs so you can unlock the asset value of Atom and other, and other tokens, um, but that's, that's, the, that's a, a future release. So this focus is, let's get IST out there, let's get it available and integrated in all the right places, um, let's get people who have, you know, the, uh, uh, 
uh, um, assets in, in, in these other systems, start bringing them over to Cosmos, be able to use them um, uh, in, in all of our markets here. And you know, we're, we're leading the way on cross-chain DeFi. Let's, 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 let's add the grease to make that go faster. <laughs> Got it. So what's the roadmap look like in relation to IST and everything that's coming out beyond that? Um, are there set dates and times for these things? Or are they kind of slowly um, come as they go? Or what, what's it look like? So we plan the order of things, but you know these things are hard. Um, you know these are the, and 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 more than that, you have to do the security testing. You have to do the education of the community. I mean, our validators are the ones that will that will test and 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 the community will vote as to you know what what me mechanisms do they want to add, what currencies do they want to add. There's a separate uh, uh, econ econ committee that then needs to validate what are the minting limits they want to use, all that kinds of things for each of of, you know the paths that you might get USDC or UST or USDT or whatever it is, and so um, uh, you know so all of those line up and they all take time as people absorb and, and process this stuff. So as I said, we're on track to launch um, uh, the platform uh, late October. You know, if that if 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 something goes wrong, then we're going to fix it and not try and rush stuff out. This is people's money. You just you know you're much better off you know make make a robust solvent system that deploys at the right time. And then we've got you know engineers are already starting to work on the stuff after that as they've come off the initial release. I mean we've we've had test nets with vaults uh, you know and RAMM to be able to do automatic liquidation with agents on chain and all those kinds of things. Those have been operating for a long time. We know how to do that. And you know and but. As we roll this out, we let people absorb it, we let the market absorb it, um, and get ready for it, and line up the capital and the people that, that, that went in the, on liquidity and those kinds of things. So those, are, those phases are reasonably well specified with target dates, but, you know, the, 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 and then Thanksgiving comes and everyone's in food coma, so it takes another week. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the, the holidays will get to be quite a distraction, you know, come uh, November and December for a lot of it. But yeah, take your time, get it rolled out correctly. That's the most, most important thing. Um, where can people go to keep up with everything? Just go to the website. Do you want to direct them somewhere in particular? Um, so, and by the way, yeah, bear market is the best time to be building this stuff. You know, we can get it out there. We can get it broadly available. We get our get our build token out there. Get it broadly available so that people can you know um, uh, work with us as all of this gets deployed. But uh, the place to go is the website. There's a lot of information there. Um, Inter.trade is the website that is focused on the Inter protocol and IST. Obviously, if you're here at the conference, go to our, uh, um, the the fireside chat with me and Zaki tomorrow to talk about Inter. Um, uh, but yeah, starting from inter.trade, that's got, you know, how to get into the Discord, Telegram, Twitter channels. Um, there's a, you know, growing uh, community in both around Agoric and programming in smart contracts for JavaScript, which is our, our you know, longer term mission and this and the, the kickstarting of the economy around that, around inter.trade that, that's happening in the short term. And, and both of those are really exciting to us. So. Do you guys have a community on Discord or Telegram where people kind of chit chat? Oh yeah, 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 yes. We have we have the Agoric community um, on Discord. We've got a, a uh, Inter community. Um, there's both a subset there, and then it's growing out to its own thing because Inter, you know, really our focus is making Inter about the interchain, not about Agoric. And so, you know, the, a lot of the people that are driving it on the committee are not 
agoric folks, right? It's already it's already uh, grown past that in terms of both excitement and interest, and also people that are helping drive and shape it. Um, and so that 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 community is growing as well. There's a, there's a um, Discord community for that. There is agoric has a Telegram that's mostly you know for for people just coming in. Developers are in Discord uh, for inter. You know most of that activity will be in Discord. There will be a discourse rolling out with uh, where we will accumulate not you know documents, descriptions, details, and that sort of thing, and that'll all be you know published on these on these channels for people to find it. Excellent. What about you? Can people find you online, Twitter, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn? Where are you? <laughs> um, so I occasionally am on Discord or, or, our, or our Telegram for Agoric. I'm Dean Tribble on Twitter. Um, uh, I've been told I need to post more controversial things to be more, uh, 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 you know, more popular on Twitter. That's right. But, but uh, you know, I'm sure that'll come. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, guys, go check out Dean on Twitter and elsewhere. Make sure to check out Agoric and everything they're doing and the interchain. Um, make sure to also like the video and subscribe if you haven't already. Dean, thank you for taking the time today. Really appreciate it. Enjoy Cosmoverse, man. Thank you so much for having me. This is great.